Good evening. It is after dark. Do you know where your sanity is? Well, I apologize, but it's not here tonight. <laughs> Welcome to Back of the Cereal Box After Dark. It's like Coca-Cola, Levi's Strauss, Johnny Carson and Mickey Mouse. The first star was James Dean, Elvis Presley and he's still the king. Some things are only imitatable, you can't be that original. Let's start with this insanity. Ryan, I haven't seen you in so long. What have you been up to? Hi. How are you? Hi. Good to see you. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, I've been up to a lot of stuff. Podcasting over there, podcasting over there. Carl and uh, Donna don't return my calls. They don't participate in any of my shows, which disappoints me greatly. See, Donna and Carl, you show up for this show, but you don't show up for mine. Where's the support, man? Where's the, where's, where's the drive? Anyway, that's neither here nor there. This is the Aaron Grievance, and uh, I have a lot of problems with certain people, and you're going to hear about it. Oh, so oh, okay. other than that, I'm happy to be here. It's good to see you, Willow. Congratulations on your job. Congratulations on um, all your success, because you deserve it as much as anyone else. And there's <laughs> one you. thing I forgot to tell you before we started, and that is don't cross the streams. Why? Ah. It could be bad. That means George is here. George, get on up here, man. Where is he? There he is. Evening. Well, I don't even know what time it is. Hello. How y'all doing? Good to see everybody. Good to see you too, man. We miss seeing you around here. But hey, we got the three uh, pillars here. Uh, we're missing our fourth musketeer known as Andrea. I don't know where the heck she is. Andrea, we're paging you on aisle three. Get in here already. But other than that, this is going to be fun, guys. This is going to be fun. Like right? if you haven't been following her social media, she's a princess now. She's you know Anastasia. So Anastasia, you know, yeah. she's royalty now. So she's you know is the queen is the queen Andrea? Is that what I call her now? Is that her new title? I, yeah, I mean, she, I'm sure she'll, she'll be fine with queen. So, the queen yeah. is a princess. Is it uh, something rather? I don't know. Let us know in the comments what you think her new title should be because I'm very confused about what's going on right now. So yeah, it's Halloween weekend, fellas. It's great Halloween pumpkin is Eve, coming. Man. We're going to get candy. We're going to get presents. <laughs> Remember, the great pumpkin is going to rise out of this pumpkin patch and give toys to all the children and, and man-childs and women-childs of the world. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> that is exciting. I'm yeah. just glad yeah. the great pumpkin that pumpkin head. Oh. You know? <laughs> True. Peter Pumpkin Head came oh. to town. <laughs> George was waiting for that. He was waiting. <laughs> Hey, uh, I, I have to represent the Canadian, the greatest Canadian band, also from my city. Sure, Crash Test Dummies. So, <laughs> really, that that okay? Because I remember Crash Test Dummies as a toy line as a kid, and then I remember the animated <laughs> series called Come Crash on. Test Dummies. Does anyone remember that? Yeah, yeah, they have it. Well, of course, they have a lot of other great songs, but they have their one big hit in the nineties. The mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. Hey, they, yeah, they sing about Superman's death, so that. The, they're, Superman they're never died. Lives. He just went to sleep for like six issues, and then they brought him back later. 
It's a so. sad song. It's a good song, though. It is. I mean, so name check Solomon yeah. Grundy and, you know, everything else. So, yeah. He whiz. <laughs> yeah. So, mm. I'm, I'm right there with you, Willow. I mean, we, we could talk Canadian music here for a little bit because I'm yeah. a big Sheepdog fan myself. Hey, so. I have no I idea what's going on. I plan this outfit, guys. Wow. I just happened to be wearing Language, it. language, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. This is a family-run show, but unfortunately... <laughs> Care about families because we're just going to curse up a storm as we just did. Hey, this is the after dark show. The kids are <laughs> dead. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oddly enough, I'm also wearing Deadpool pants, so that really? like, again, I did not plan my outfit at all. <laughs> you know, it's funny because Will and I are wearing shirts that are that are that have the color of red on them, except mine doesn't say Canadian as blank because I live in North America, <laughs> but it is red and it's got my Marty, it's got my Doc, Ooh. it's got Jennifer, it's got Biff, nice. it's got his parents, it's got a DeLorean, and I dressed up as Marty McFly last night as my friend's Halloween party. Oh, nice! I got my joust shirt on here, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, we went jousting last night. Nice. Yeah, that was fun. No, it wasn't. By the no, way, who I, is Facebook user? I don't know who you are, Facebook user, but please, for the love of Pete, identify yourself. I don't know who you are. <laughs> okay, okay, I love and, this comment. How did Will, was, Will get into Deadpool's pants? <laughs> I'll never know. I don't know who I, Facebook I user is. That, I'll have to tweet that comment later. Please and, do. And, and, hey, we have another fellow Crash Test Dummies fan here because we're, uh, we're you know, see, this is the Superman line. I never made any money saving the world from someone named Solomon Grundy who was born on a Sunday, raised on a Tuesday or whatever. Wait, wait, wait. Do you not know who Solomon Grundy is in the DC Universe? I do know who Solomon Grundy is. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. I Listen, yeah, I, like, I may yeah. not know everything about DC considering I'm a diehard Superman fan, but I do know who Solomon Grundy is. Okay, right. that's what I was saying. We got two. Oh, it's Facebook Dave Mattingly. Users. Hi, Dave. Good to see you. I wish you would allow yeah. StreamYard to use your name so that we can know it's actually you. <laughs> and, and we also have Nurse Two Keys as well. So hello, Nurse Two Keys. <laughs> and hello, Dave Mattingly. Good to see you, Dave. And Nurse. And who was it? Donna Carla Carlene and Carl Witzman. Hey, Carl. Good to see you. I haven't seen you in like six months, Carl. Where have you been on my show, man? Jeez. <laughs> Never comments anymore. Anyway, this isn't about me. This is about Halloween weekend. We hope you yes. guys have been enjoying it. If you guys have had parties, if you guys have been having fun with the kids, maybe go trick-or-treating with them, let us know in the comments. Let us know in the chat. By the way, don't forget to like and share this video with all 200 of your closest friends. Who's ready the they look. for Halloween, by the way? like I still have to put up my decorations, and I was kind of lazy today. That was supposed to go up. <laughs> Asylum that no one right. lives. Okay. Uh, my, my wife is very – well, of course, we love Halloween anyway, but she's Great. up on the decorating, so we've had the house decorated since the beginning of the month. <laughs> wow. Um, so we haven't bought any pumpkins yet. We said we were going to do that today and it didn't happen. So, uh, there's going to be some last minute jackal entering. Um, mm -hmm. and then, uh, we also still have to buy our candy for the trick or treaters. So that we're not prepared. We're not prepared at all for trick or treaters, but oh, no. okay. house decorated. <gasps> oh, I, I, well, my, uh, I, I completely forgot to buy candy. <laughs> So tomorrow I'm gonna do that. Yeah, it's like someone's gonna make an eleventh hour stop to the Quickie Mart and get that. Yes, candy. yes, but, I do. Uh, but I, I do have my Halloween costume secure though, because I've had the same costume for a few years now, but it's very effective. So, Ooh. so oh, it's Michael. Yeah. Hi, Michael. Nice. Yeah, of course I got the the jumpsuit to match and everything like that, and uh, I get you know big old work boots. So basically. I'm six four, and so me walk around in this and that, and I, I get the walk down, and I walk very heavy with the work boots, and yeah, it's very awesome. effective. <laughs> I, have like, 
I had to make myself known to a couple of cops last year. I was like, hey, you know, it's, I'm in a costume. It's cool. Because I was apparently doing it really well. They were like, hey, what, what, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, hey, what's up, man? Yeah. So. <laughs> Sorry. So, my, my neighborhood could probably pass as the next Haddonfield. Like, my house, my, my house is, like, right beside my neighbor's house so yeah uh and then we have a house that is, looks similar to mike myers house and really so, yeah it, it's hilarious uh, and of course it they're like the friendliest the most loving couple that lives there too with a mm-hmm. with a great dog i'm just like you know i want i want to ask them if i can dress up as uh laurie strode and take pictures around their yard but <laughs> nice I don't want yeah, to well, give them that yeah in, in true like Ron Swanson form, I have my Halloween costume, and it's been the same costume for the last couple of years. Uh, but then uh, Michelle, she'll like dress as different victims, you know. <laughs> so like, so like last year, she was a PJ Souls character, like she had the pigtails and stuff like that, and you know, so all that kind of good <laughs> stuff. And she's been Lori one year too, and so was, yeah, we have fun with it. Jamie Lee Curtis would be very impressed. By the way, Donna says, uh, Willow, it's a reference to a classic Roucho Marx joke. I shot an elephant in my pajamas. How he got into my pajamas. <laughs> Good Lord. And then Carl says, listen, man, I guess Ryan missed me tormenting him. I think it's time to go back and pester him, I guess. Yeah. Uh, whatever it is, as long as you're giving my show the attention it so rightfully deserves, that's all I care about. You can do whatever you want. Donna says, I've always been nice to someone named Ryan. I guess I need to be mean. Donna I respect you. I like you. <laughs> it's Carl that I have a problem with. Oh, no. But it's okay. We'll be fine. John B. Pika says, I love it. Thanks, John. Hey, hey, you John good to see you, sir. Yeah, he, John B. Pika, the, uh, the El Jefe, El Capitan. Of mm-hmm. Johnny's on a tour network. right now, uh, being followed by a couple uh, friendly yeah. neighborhood Spider-Man. So, um, yeah. So, uh, he's well protected tonight. <laughs> Good, good. He ain't afraid no ghosts anyway, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, apparently uh, he's, uh, he's posted that they get a little bit of a magic show, too, along with their tour. So, see? Ooh. He's a busy man, that guy. He works like 40 hours a day, 80 days a week. It's crazy. Jambi Pika, busting your chops, putting in the work, man. Hey, two thumbs up. No, Nothing against hard work, because hard work pays off in the long run. So. Yeah, I'll say uh, uh, Johnny did me a solid today too. Uh, he uh, tipped me off to a a job opening, and wow. uh, so I mean it's something that would be I would be doing freelance, so it's nothing that would take away from me being doing the store. I was going to say I don't think you want to leave the boys over clobbering comics hanging. No, 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 no. They, they could handle shit without me. Oh, sorry, I can't believe this <laughs> the executives just hear that on their stream. <sighs> sorry, FCC. Anyway, uh, yeah, they couldn't handle it without me. But uh, nonetheless, um, yeah, I, uh, it, it's something I do freelance, but uh, it also could uh, give a little more exposure to uh, the uh, the Serial Box Network as a whole. So it'd be kind of a nice awesome. thing. Kudos, man. Everyone's moving up in the world. And Donna says, respect me. I'll have to do something about that. Yes, you will, Donna. Yes, you will. And Dave Maddenly, finally, you have your actual identity up on screen so we know who the heck you are. Yeah. <laughs> He says, Once again, everybody's off. moving over to YouTube because uh, somehow uh, YouTube is a little better than uh, Facebook speed. Yeah, so Facebook's I, being I fidgety. I don't know why. Hard work pays off in the long run. Laziness pays off right now, Dave. That's very true. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for noticing my skill set of being lazy. Thanks, Dave. Love you, man. Hey, it, it's not lazy when you have ADD and you can only do yeah. so much focus. It's true. <laughs> it's true. 
very true. Yeah, but on the subject of something known as Halloween, you know, I had a party last night at my friend's house. There were like 20, 25 of us there, including a child. A child was there, too. Uh, but it said in the invite that you're allowed to bring your children to this party, so I sh probably should have expected that. So anyway, this nine-year-old girl was there. She's uh, one of my friends. Who is it? Um, nieces. That's who it was. Janet's niece, right? So this niece, is. I asked her, I said, what's your favorite book? Because you know me. I'm, an, I'm, the, I'm the bookworm in this family. So mm -hmm. I said, what's your favorite book? She looks at me and she says, oh, I like the Harry Potter books. And I said, okay, just out of curiosity, you ever read The Hunger Games? She's like, no, I haven't yet. I said, read those books, watch the movies, let us know. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. And she's like, yeah, I'll read them. I'm down. I'm like, great. And then she started doing this lesson over in the corner because I was on the other side of the room at one point. And she was doing all the different signs. And I'm like, what's going on? She's like, I know ASL. You know sign language? She's like, yeah. So why do you know sign language? She says, well, one of my classmates is deaf. I said, oh, that's mature for a girl who's only nine freaking years old learning mm -hmm. ASL. That's a pretty impressive skill set. I'm not going to lie. So that was cool. cool. So now Janet's I'm curious if the, if the whole up. class is learning ASL for the student that's in it. So Probably. That, that, probably. But she's learning that. I'm like, nine years old, she is smart as a whip, this kid. So that, that was something I learned yeah. last night that I didn't expect to learn, uh, George. I got to be honest with you. But people were dressed up as hippies, Care Bears. One of my good friends was dressed up as Maverick from Top Gun. So we got a nice. picture of himself and I, Marty McFly and Maverick together. 80s twins. And um, that was fun. So that was a nice party. Then the night before, I was at work, and we did a Halloween party there. I dressed up as Tom Welling, a.k.a. Clark Kent from Smallville. Re red jacket, blue shirt. If you don't know what the heck Smallville <laughs> is, one, when you're done watching and liking and sharing the show with all 300 of your closest friends, because they're going to like the way they look after watching the show, go on Hulu and stream all 10 seasons of Smallville, because that is some of the best television you're ever going to see, period. Right. I'm just saying. Don't George, George, don't give me that. Okay, let me have my moment here. Okay. No, you're, you're fine. They're, I, I basically. I know I'm you can probably name them. 20 shows that are far superior to Smallville, but. <laughs> no, I, I, that was. Let me my, have my moment. No, you're cool, man. I was, I was. That was my period of time where I was like not watching anything TV. I was just watching movies only. Um, and uh, so people were like, oh, you gotta watch Smallville. So I was like, it's like, well, it's about Superman, right? Yeah, we didn't have his cape or anything, so it's like. Does he even have his powers? Well, he kind of uses some. It's like, okay, so it's a show that's about Superman, but he's not Superman. And he uh, doesn't Kent. do a lot of Superman stuff. So it's like, no, nah, I'm good. Appreciate it, though. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like I, I tried to give the, the new Battlestar Galactica a chance when, like, the mm. pilot came out, and I was bored yeah. to tears. Same here. So I was bored. Like, and somebody's like, oh, it got better. I'm like, cool. but Too you know, little, too you, late, man. You don't get me on the first three, four episodes. I'm walking. Well, I mean, like I always say, it's like if you haven't get me the first issue, I'm not going to buy number two. But I will say this. I did some binge watching recently. For those of you who don't know what that means, it means you're watching a lot of episodes of one show at one time. I think they were. I started – I know. I'm just kidding, George. I'm kidding. Sorry. This is my poor attempt at humor at 9.15 at night. So I started binge watching two shows recently, okay? One of mm -hmm. them is from the 80s. George, you were there, right? This is called I Knight did. Rider. Knight Rider, ah. Okay. I'm only four episodes in, three episodes in, and I got to tell you, I like this show. It's yeah. fun. And the voice of Kit is the same guy as Mr. Feeney on Boy Meets World, so it's just perfect. Yeah. It works out so beautifully. And I'm like, you know what? This guy is just as good as a talking car, if not a nosy principal or teacher, mm -hmm. whatever he was. And door number two, and this is the one I'm really enjoying, Stargate Universe. That oh, is a darn good 
show. It is so good. It makes it look real to me. It, it is sci-fi. Like you can tell it's sci-fi, but it's such a rich human story. You really get involved with it. It's really good stuff. And Robert Carlyle as the center of it isn't too shabby either because he's a heck of an actor. And of course, it's got uh, MacGyver's in that show too. And yeah, Ming Na is in it. Ming Na is in it. You know, you get uh, who else is in it? Um, Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh, everywhere. You get a lot of big fish in the show. So if you haven't seen Stargate Universe, treat yourself. Okay. Uh, Dave Mattingly's chiming in since we're talking, you know, TV Dude, shows. 90s Lois and Clark, yes. baby. I got all four seasons of that on yeah, TV. <laughs> Love so that I, you know, nothing against any of the TV iterations, but man, Christopher Reeve's always going to be my dude. So, I mean, I was born That's in 76. Fine. That movie came out in 78. So, yep. yeah. Which was a very long time ago for some of us here on this panel. Yeah. Um, for some of us, it was yesterday, like me. But um, I'm too young for this stuff. But yeah, no, it's it's been fun binge-watching this stuff. I'm binge-watching stuff from the 80s, binge-watching stuff from the late 2000s. It's fun to see the difference. It's fun, mm -hmm. you know? I, You know, I... I've been trying to binge watch some of my old, some of my old favorite mm -hmm. shows. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, like you said, Knight Rider oh, has always good. been like one of those cheesy guilt, so guilty good, pleasures though. kind of thing. Theme um, song's kind of catchy too. It is. Yeah. And it, it's hilarious because every so often when in the middle of the night, uh, the radio station that I listen to going yeah. to bed, kind of, it's, at, at times we'll throw mm -hmm. in like old TV show theme songs just to fill oh, in like, I love that. I'll wake up that. and it's like, did I just hear the Knight Rider theme song? Sorry. I got Knight Rider on the brain, man. I mean, I think even like some hip hop uh, artists have used the Knight Rider theme, like as sampled it for a song. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. No Plus, it's yeah. a beautiful car, that Pontiac Trans Am. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful well, it, car. It's a kind of interesting pilot because basically David Hasselhoff, like the supposed star of the show, doesn't actually appear until halfway into it. Yeah. Because the Michael Knight character has like, he's yeah. played by one dude at the beginning of the show and then Michael like, Long, yeah. Yeah, he has to get his identity changed, and then when he gets his identity changed, he comes out and comes out looking like David Hasselhoff in peak <laughs> 80s condition. Like, you know, <laughs> that doctor needs like you know all the awards and like a Nobel Prize. I mean, it's like, dude, I'm like, like I mean, the first guy wasn't a slouch, but like then you come out looking like Hasselhoff in like the early 80s. I'm like, okay, okay. By the way, it was a nice little zinger that he says when he first meets the car and he sees the car for the first time. He's like. Dude, what is this? Looks like Darth Vader's bathroom. <laughs> the inside of the car. And he says it looks like Darth Vader's bathroom. So this show premiered like the year after or the year that Return of the Jedi came out. And I'm yeah. like, well, no wonder he said Darth Vader because that was the biggest thing in the world back then. It was. Yeah. So he's like, it looks like Darth Vader's bathroom. What is all this? And he's like, this is the most expensive, most sophisticated car, Mr. Knight, that you're ever going to see. And he's like, well, what does that mean? And then when he figures out what's going on with the car, it's like, oh, this is so good. And then when the car starts talking, he's like, what is happening? Why is this thing? Who's who's there? Who's on the line? Oh, like, no, Michael, it's me. And I'm like, who's talking? And I'm like, so good. It's so good, man. Like, the two-hour premiere is fine. But, like, once you get into, like, the other episodes, it gets even better. And, by the way, episode three, Alan Oppenheimer, the voice of Skeletor, Falcor, the Rockbiter, and all mm. these big-name characters – is a guest star in the third episode of the show, George. It's insane. That's cool. I haven't seen I that one it. in a long time. 
Alan Oppenheimer, man. Yeah. Uh, I forgot he did a little bit of TV acting. I know. He, I'm surprised. I That's the first time I've ever seen him in anything that's not a voiceover role. Yeah. As, and it's funny because you hear him talk and like, oh, I hear Falcor and Skeletor. Like, you know, like he, he doesn't have to, it, kind of like Seth MacFarlane, he like, he doesn't have to stretch his voice to sound like Brian the dog because he is Brian the dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like his normal resting voice is like halfway between Falcor and Skeletor. Oh, interesting. So. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. It's genius. By the way, Carl says, I saw a lot of these shows back when they were new, Ryan. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, let's, let me tell you something, brother. I may have been born at the tail end of the 80s, but I got to tell you, I wish I had a time machine and can go back and watch these shows as a kid <laughs> when these things were actually on, just to see if my tastes would have been the same as they are now. You know what I mean? I'd be curious yeah. to see the difference. You know what I mean, Carl? Let us know. I'm curious. During the summer, we have car shows, and every so do, often, uh, the uh, the Night Rider car will actually show up. So, oh, really? That doesn't look like the Night Rider car. Ellie, looks like the ground. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh, it's playing the theme song. It's even better. I love it. So, yeah, that's... you know, the Comic Con I'm going to in December, they're going to have a model kit at the convention. So you can bet your bottom dollar, George. And I'm going to get my picture taken, not only with the car, I'm going to sit in that car. And if nice. they let me, I'm going to take the keys. I'm going to start that baby up and I'm going to hear William Cat or William Davis's voice. Uh, hello, Michael. Where are we going? I'm like, well, <laughs> we're going to accomplish some missions here, Kit. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> the, the only celebrity cars I've ever sat in uh, was a um, uh, somebody had recreated a baby from Supernatural. So oh, nice. That so that was gorgeous and roomy. Even had uh, Sam's uh, collection of, uh, or I'm sorry, Dean's collection of tapes, like his Ooh, little box of tapes. There. So no, no detail was unturned. So, uh, and then the other car I've sat in was a DeLorean. Uh, yeah, I have sat in a DeLorean. That was fun. Yeah. I'm going to do uh, it again could, in December too, because they're going to have a model of the DeLorean at that show. Uh, I could barely fit in the DeLorean. I mean, I like like really scrunch in there because like that is a that is a uh, small man's cockpit. So yeah. Michael J. Fox <laughs> had no problem getting in that car, but seeing as I'm probably like a foot taller than Michael J. Fox, yeah, you know, I'm five foot eight, George. Boy. So I'll probably be able to squeeze in there pretty easily because I'm only five eight. Well, how Christopher Lloyd got in that car because he's probably as tall as I am. Okay. Yeah, he's a tall. Anyone know? I'd be curious to know if they like cut pieces of the car out just so he could fit inside of it. I, I feel like they had to move the seat back a bit for him. Or extended <laughs> it. I don't know. Maybe they extended it. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So. What was his name? Oh, yeah. Carl says, as a kid, I was 21 in 1980, sir. <laughs> that's, that's great, Carl. That's that's. Um, Dave Maddenly says, ah, yes, those nostalgic 80s for my teenage years. And then Dave says, can you buy a kit? Yes, kit? yes, you can. Damn, yes, yeah. you can. Um, I also can you buy uh, one exactly. I, I'm sure you can buy it online. Uh, I go on eBay and get one. E eBay, there, there's uh, I, there's aftermarket uh, websites that you can. Oh, uh, what's that one okay. called? Macari? Maybe Macari would have it. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't done like a Lego. Because uh, like Lego, of course, they do like their higher Star level Wars. stuff, and they've been doing I, like some car models. I, I'm Star sure it's Wars, coming. Though. Like, yeah. Uh, I yeah, uh, they we did have... the '89 Batmobile exactly, uh, and they, they have the '66 Batmobile. Oh, yeah. they did the new one. Yeah, they did the new the, one too. The Pattinson one. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
Yeah, I, I love that Batmobile too. It's a nice looking car, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's fancy. Jeez, we're supposed to be talking about Halloween on this show, and yet we can't yeah, stop talking about I, cars I love, and 80 shows. I, I think I prefer the 66 Batmobile over. Of course you do. Of course you do. Everybody <laughs> does. Everyone who doesn't, I mean, you know, hashtag not my Batman, no offense, I, but, you know, George everyone Ferris who loves did the 60s. So many of our favorite cars from, uh, from the Munster Coach to the Batmobile. The uh, Adams Family Car. And, and uh, he also did uh, Elvira's car. Yep. Oh, really? Cassandra yes, Peterson's car. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, oh, and speaking of, uh, I don't know if anybody is a Shutter subscriber or not, but uh, Joe Bob Briggs has got his new uh, Halloween double feature, uh, and they're showing uh, two movies for his, of course, for it. Uh, the first one is uh, Elvira's Haunted Hills, and Cassandra Peterson gets to join him for that. Wow. Uh, and the second, the second feature is the. Uh, a controversial film with horror fans, Popcorn. It's a love it or hate it kind of movie. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a very weird one from the 90s. It's got, uh, there's a lot of like behind the scenes stuff. It's a little more interesting than the actual movie. Mm -hmm. um, but it's kind of one of those like horror movies that has about like six to eight plots in it. <laughs> and some of them resolve themselves and other times you're confused. But yeah, it basically revolves around like a, a uh, bunch of film students that put on a like a, a horror movie uh, ma a marathon in an old theater, and they want to do it up kind of like '50s style. Like each movie has a gimmick. You know, there's a guy that's got you know electro powers, and they shock the seats. So or there's a big flying mosquito in one, and there's a mosquito comes down, kind of stuff like that. But there's also this like murderous guy that's in there, and there's other stuff going on. But it's and it's also like very lighthearted like not like it's funny but like there's a lot of like weird lightheartedness before like the murder starts happening and then also they try to make it look like california but it's really filmed in jamaica <laughs> and it's very obvious that they're in jamaica because the soundtrack is reggae there's like two different reggae bands in the movie there's a lot of like you know very obvious, like this is the ocean, not California. Kind of like you know, it's it's yeah, it's <laughs> wow. it's, it, it's worth checking out. It's a it's a rather controversial movie, and uh, as far as horror fans go, because yeah, it's it, you buy a ticket, take the ride, or it's like, what is this garbage? Oh, okay. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> oh, thank you, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, someone has to do their job around here. So, with that being said, which is interesting, by the way, George, you bring that up. So, I know we, this question's been asked so many times, but you know what? It is the spirit of Halloween. So, for argument's mm -hmm. sake, just for argument's sake, sure. three things I would like to know around the roundtable. And for those of you watching us at home or listening to us, let us know your thoughts on this question I'm about to ask the roundtable. Okay? okay. Three questions. Number one, favorite Halloween candy. That's number one. Number two, favorite Halloween TV special. So this has to be a TV special that's like 20, 30 minutes long, maybe an hour or whatever, but not a movie. And then the third question is favorite Halloween or slash scary movie. Mm. So those are the three questions. Favorite Halloween candy, that's number one. Favorite Halloween TV special, whether as a kid or something that's on now. And door number three is favorite Halloween, you know, slash, you know, scary movie, if you know what I mean. So yeah, okay. Willow... Favorite Halloween candy? What do you think? My, okay, so my favorite can Halloween candy will always be chocolate bars. Uh, Could you be any it, more vague? <laughs> well, all like, of them. It, 
any anything with chocolate. Um, mm, I love I love chocolate almonds. So anything that has it, that counts. It, but yeah, no, it's uh, almonds. Very. Very, uh, very often you will get like the big uh, uh, mm -hmm. box of chocolates. Yes. I try very hard not to finish that in one night. <laughs> well, you should, you, you should not. What am I trying to say? Try not to. Anyway, good answer, by the way. So you said anything chocolate. George, I'm afraid to ask, but what's your favorite Halloween candy? And don't say just chocolate. Well, no, um, I'm, I'm kind of, you know. I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, my, if we're going like favorite candy bar, I'm a whatchamacallit man. There you go. Uh, that's, I, that's my jam. Uh, but I mean, I can go, you know, I, I like like the little tiny little like fun size, you know, things. So like, you know, Twix are fun with those or Snickers, whatever else. Um, and actually Carl's got a good comment here. that I'm going to back him up on is Reese's pumpkins. So oh. <laughs> I'm bad. I like candy. So there you go. Um, hmm. Interesting. Yeah. No. Yeah. There for me, go. it's uh, for me, it's easy. Butterfingers. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, Butterfingers, baby. Butterfingers. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Uh, I was just gonna say Butterfingers are good, but for some reason, every what? time I get, every time I get a Butterfinger, it's like always crushed and uh, it's all crumbly. So maybe someone oh, yeah. smashed it because they knew you were gonna <laughs> buy it. Anyway, Dave Manley says his favorite candy is. Twix and then TV special was the Grinch. Grinch is the cat in the hat. Mm. I don't think I'm familiar with that one. And then they mm. live. I still have not seen that man. Oh, I still have not seen it. They I've met actors well. from that movie, but I've never seen it. So that's sad. Yeah, they they live is amazing. A great. I'm giving you a choice: either put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. Anyway, <laughs> that's the only line from the movie that I know. Uh, what was it? Oh, oh yeah, favorite no, no, line. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, I'm here to chew bubblegum and oh, well, that one I do know. <laughs> all out of bubblegum. Favorite Halloween special, Willow. TV special. Uh, TV special. You know what? Um Family Matters had like several mm. good uh, good uh ones mm -hmm. uh around uh Halloween. Halloween. Specials, yeah. Um mm -hmm. and then Home Improvement always did a good one as well. Tim, the so tool man, it, Taylor. This really... is my assistant, Al Borland. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Th Good those pick. two seem to have like the most re memorable episodes when it True. came mm -hmm. to Halloween. They have reruns of those all the time, too, on television. I'm sure they have them on streaming services laying around here somewhere. Yeah. Um, what was it, George? What was your favorite Halloween TV special? Uh, if I got to go with childhood favorites, it's a two-way tie between uh, Charlie Brown, you know, Great Pumpkin. You took my uh, answer. Uh, and, well, and then also the Garfield uh, Halloween special. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those were two. Those were two favorites as a kid because we were a big Garfield household uh, in the uh, you know back in the day. So uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, we read you know Sunday comics all the time, and that was a favorite of Dad's. So yeah, so we 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 enjoyed ourselves with Garfields when the specials would come on. That was like a company that was you know appointment television and whatnot. So yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, like for like more recent stuff, uh, Office, of course, has a couple of really good Halloween episodes. Uh, Park or not Parks, uh, Community had a couple had some really. Oh good my Halloween God, episodes. Community! Yes, I. Yeah. You know they they always have some. It had some really good episodes too. And the paintball episodes were my favorite. Anytime, <laughs> you know, George, I'm really proud of you for uh, stating your answers. See, there's a Parks and Rec reference for you. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's cliche. It's Charlie Brown. 
It's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. It has to be because it's tradition. It's been a tradition for thousands of years. Yes, Carl, I know you're a bit younger than a thousand, but oh. it's been around for thousands of years and it's been a tradition. Unfortunately, they don't air it on television anymore. So you got to consult your local YouTube dealer or you got to go on Apple TV Plus because the Peanuts property was bought by Apple TV. So they've all been shipped over there. So if you have access yeah. to that streaming service, you can stream the Great Pumpkin anytime you wish. But our good friends at YouTube.com, hashtag not a sponsor, they have it on there too. So feel free to stream it for the kids because it's a great special. It's timeless. It's absolutely timeless. Or you just get it on DVD. It's cheap. You know, I've already got it. Yeah, you can get it at Target for like 10 bucks, honestly. Because every time yeah. I go into Target, because they have their holiday-themed aisles every time you walk in. So the Halloween aisle has all the Halloween specials, including Charlie Brown and his peeps, and then so on and so forth. Now, favorite scary movie, Willow? What is your favorite scary movie for Halloween? Uh, I don't know. My my go-to will always be the original Night of the Living Dead. They're uh, coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> I watched that during the lockdown for the first time. It was good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not. You know, sh throwing it under a bus here. It is very. I, I, I love my zombie films. But you wouldn't have zombie films without Jorge Romero. <laughs> you just wouldn't have them. You know, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Anyway, I do a great impression of that. But, George, I'm curious. What's your favorite scary movie? Well, before I get to that, uh, Willow, I have a comic recommendation for you. Um, American Mythology Productions currently has a book out. It's called Night of the Living Dead Revenance. Okay. Uh, and it is basically not so much a retelling of it. It's a... You know, recreation of the original Night of the Living Dead, but it also kind of fills in a lot of the blanks with some of the other characters, like where they were before things started getting going down. And kind of like we meet Ben a little bit earlier. We meet the, the family of three a little bit earlier and the, the the young couple and all that kind of stuff like that. So we still get the whole classic graveyard scene, too, with, you know, Barbara and her, her uh, brother Johnny. But yeah, we we meet all the other characters a little bit early, and then we also see the farmhouse a little bit early before things start going sour over there. So, but then of course, like probably probably about issue two, then everybody's gonna start showing up, and then things start gonna happen. So, but it just fills in a little bit more of the blanks, and it's just really well done. Okay. okay. Um, but uh, for my favorite, God, my favorite horror franchise of all time is the Phantasm series. Mm -hmm. Oh. Uh, yeah, that, um, but uh, Dawn of the Dead, the OG one, um, that's a great one. Uh, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is also another favorite of mine, which is... 74, I think? Or 72? Uh, 72 on that one. 72. Jeez, that's so old. Good Lord. No it, offense, Carl. No offense. No offense. It, and it's weird to say that one's a favorite, but, I mean, that is such a... Just a great movie on so many levels of, like, what it does with so little. Like, there's very little gore in that movie, surprisingly enough. You really? It's kind of a Mandela effect. You think it's a lot gorier than it actually is. Hmm. I haven't seen the original. Uh, I know there's like 30,000 of those movies, but I've never seen the original. Yeah, it's disturbing. Hmm. To say the least. Uh, I, I recently rewatched uh, House on Haunted Hill, uh, the original, and. It, oh, wow. It's cheesy for our standards now. Uh, yeah, the the remake was in the uh, early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. What, wasn't House on Haunted Hill originally like the old black and white one? Was that Christopher Lee? No, no that was uh, Vincent Price. Oh, Vincent Price. I'm sorry, 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 sorry. I think no. we may have watched that at some point for uh, Film Freaks on Hanging with Web Show. We may have watched that. Yeah, 
Yeah. It was, it was it's a, a, black, nice a black and white old school movie. I liked it. Yeah. I mean, it's well, cheesy, but who cares? Well, you want to talk old school? Um, I watched one last night. Uh, the The Living Dead in Manchester. Or, or, I'm sorry, The Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. Uh, zombie movie came out in '74. British film, so a little ahead of its time because of some of the gore that had uh, in the movie that kind of predated Dawn of the Dead, which had even more gore than any zombie film that's ever come about until Fulci's zombie came out that pulled <laughs> my beer. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's uh, but yeah, uh, Living Dead at Manchester Moore had like uh, Let Sleeping Corpses Lie, what it's also known as. It had like tons of alternate titles, but uh, good movie, good atmosphere, whatnot. Uh, the the gore and the zombie stuff doesn't kick in until kind of like midway through the movie, but it starts kind of like setting you up for stuff. So it's got a very creepy score too. So worth checking out. I might have to write these ones. Uh, write, <laughs> there's 50 movies you just named out of the clear blue. I'm going to have to write all these down later. But even so, if I had to pick one, I mean, it's hard because there's so many classics out there, but if I had to pick one, I'm going Wes Craven's Nightmare on Elm Street, baby. Mm. I'm going go. 84 oh, yeah, yeah. Elm Street. When I watched that for the first time a couple of years ago, I think it was before the lockdown, I think it was, George. I was I'm thinking to myself, and I thought Scream One and Four were Wes Craven's good works, but Nightmare on Elm Street is like his opus. Like that is masterpiece practical filmmaking at its best. Mm -hmm. Seriously. The effects hold up, the scares hold up. Robert England is fantastic. The Nightmare on Elm Street. The first one is so scary. I actually thought that when I went to sleep that night, that Freddie was going to come into my dreams and whack me. So, it's a, I think, yeah, I think we all had that. Kudos to uh, Heather. What is it? Heather Langenkamp, yeah. who played Nancy, and everyone else involved in that production. Because man, if you want to talk about great scares and original premise, that is so freaking good. If you've never mm -hmm. seen a Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984, the year of our Lord, AD. Check that chisnit out because that's like Wes Craven at his absolute peak, you know. Mm -hmm. Seriously. Like so there you go. Speaking of the '80s, Carl, there you go. I give you more kudos for the '80s. Uh, Carl actually likes Army of Darkness. I still have not seen those. I still have not seen anything Evil Dead. Dude. I've never seen anything Army of Darkness. I've never seen anything other than the cameos that Bruce Campbell makes in the Spider-Man movies, and he was in Dark Man. I saw the Dark Man franchise. I saw, um, what else was Bruce Campbell in? Burn Notice, which was fantastic. Yep. Criminally underrated TV show, by the way, Burn Notice. If you've never seen Burn Notice, get up off your seat and watch that. Seven seasons of greatness, by the way. But I've never seen an Evil Dead movie. Never. I recommend watching them in order. Oh, um, I hear you, George. I'm with you 100%. If I'm going to do anything, I'm going to start from the beginning. I, I'm with you. Well, no, yeah. it's, it's, not so much, it's not so much for you have to do it for continuity's sake. Um, it like Even like if you go watch Army of Darkness for the first time, they recap the first couple of movies for you. Oh, great. But um, the original Evil Dead is a, according to Hoyle, straight-up horror movie. No mm -hmm. doubt about it. It's a horror movie. Evil Dead 2 is what kind of starts bringing in like the, the slapstick humor and dark humor into the movie, even though it's still very much a horror movie, but they add in even more. And then by the time you get to Army of Darkness, it's an action-adventure horror comedy. Mm. Gee willikers. I mean, people, what, what was it? The, Carl said, I suppose Army of Darkness and Bruce Campbell are funny. 
And then Dave Manley says other favorite movies of his are The Ninth Gate with Johnny Depp before he got you know, in court with Amber That Burke. is good. Frailty yeah. with yep. the late great Bill Paxton. By the way, so many actors we've lost, including Wes, Wes Craven. We lost him too. RIP to all these legends. Mothman mm -hmm. Prophecies. I have seen that, Dave. I have seen Mothman Prophecies. Creepy stuff. I wish it would have added more, though. I wanted more out of that film. Frankenstein Unbound. Frankenstein Unbound with Raul Julia? That's interesting. That's a good one. And I still have not seen The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. I still have not seen that. Oh. I know, George, you probably hate my guts right now. You probably no, hate no, me. That's but... Pete Cronenberg, man. That's Pete Cronenberg. Dave says, Ryan, it's like I don't even know you anymore. I recommend going straight to Army of Darkness, actually. Oh, I, okay. I heard something interesting about the the remake of The Fly. Uh, Jeff with Goldblum, uh, Jeff Goldblum, you mean? Uh, yeah, Jeff Goldblum really? uh, asked for Gina Davis to be in that movie. He requested Gina Davis, the Queen of Diamonds, Dottie Henson, to be in that movie? <laughs> Interesting. No, I did not know that. Well, they I mean, were Jeff dating Goldblum at the time. A nice guy. They they uh, were dating okay. at the time, but uh, well, they were nobody else was no, nobody else was able to do that part uh, except for they uh, were Jane dating Davis. each other at that time. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I did, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, my buddy, my pal. I didn't know you were dating Dottie Henson. Well, Dude, that's they, awesome. They also appeared in another movie uh, called Space Girls Are Easy. Earth yes. Girls Earth Girls. Yes. Sorry, my no, I thought it was called Earth Girls. Or Earth Girls. Girls. My apologies. Was it Earth Girls? Or yeah, Space it's Girls? Earth Girls. Was it? Does it's Earth, know what I'm talking Earth about? Earth Girls. Yeah, it's Earth Girls, yeah. Oh, but, my gosh. Uh, I can't believe that you were dating Dottie Henson. That's incredible. <laughs> Granted, she went on to marry some, name, some guy named Rennie Harlan, who directed certainly okay movies. And then, I mean, granted, I still have not seen his uh, Razzie award-winning film, Cutthroat Island, yet. But I still want to sit down and watch hey, it. Hey, that was a good movie. No, no, no. I know people crap on it, but I still want to sit down and watch it. Because I like pirate, I like pirate adventure movies. I like that stuff. So, you know. We'll see. I, listen, Dave Manningly, my list of movies that you and George and Willow have recommended to me over the course of like five minutes, <laughs> it's jumped like 9,000 points. Trust me. I'm going to have a lot of things to binge watch this week. Trust me. Dave says, Earth Girls Easy also had the one and only Jim Carrey and Damon Wayans in the film at the time. Man. Yeah. Lots of folks in that movie. Yeah. Man. George, we are learning all kinds of fun facts. Learning, I, I already knew this. Well, I am anyway. I mean, George, you've known about this since 1942, but you know, just saying. He was just born with the knowledge. Yeah, George was born with infinite knowledge. He's like the fifth element, you know. Yeah, multi-pass, George, multi-pass. Well, see, when I was born, mom said that uh, I was uh, my whole body was red as a tomato, and I had like zero hair in my head, and I was like kind of large, so I was like I, all my. You know, I had a giant head, so there you go. <laughs> mm. yeah. By the way, our cohort, Andrea, just sent me a note in the back channel. She says, I'm sorry I didn't make it. I had company over a lot later than I thought I would, and I missed most of the show. I mean, we're still here, so if you want to jump we're, on, go right ahead, Andrea. Still got time. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, as far as uh, – what else did I say? Yeah, Halloween candy, Halloween special, Halloween – what was it? Halloween movie. Halloween Are we missing anything? I think we covered all the Halloween bases. Unless I'm missing something here. I will, guys... I will say, when I was a kid, I dressed up as Batman and a Power Ranger, and that was about it. it okay. how uh, Costumes were definitely different from the 80s and 90s compared to what they are now. Judy uh, Rodak. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck is that? Okay. Did, 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 did your mask survive? Like, do, you, do you guys happen to have the original like ugly plastic 
you masked oh. that. Oh, the ones <laughs> that we have. When I was, you mean the one that I wore as a Power Ranger when I was a kid? <laughs> like the trash can, like the the garbage bang. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have any of that stuff. Am I right about that? Or am I missing something? By the way, Donna Carly Carleen says, Mothman Prophecies with Richard Gere was great. I mean, I thought it, listen, the film was good, but I thought it could have been a lot better if they delved into what exactly that thing was. Like, I wanted to know more. They just kind of left me hanging. Well, the only problem is we don't know what that thing is. Yeah, but like Richard Gere and like the other character that was helping him, like the, what was it? Like she was the sheriff, right? Yeah. The female character. I forget the actress's name. Laura Lynn, right? Who was it? Yeah, it was Laura Linney. Laura Linney. Oh, she's a wonderful actress. Yeah. But like, I was like, I want more, dude. Let me there hang in. There is oh, a director's oh, cut. That's right. I haven't seen the director's cut, though. Yeah. Is it any good? Um, Have you seen the director's cut? Yeah, I mean, it's good. It gives you more of the movie, so you want okay. that. But I'm going to have to look that up. You know, I mean, that's the whole problem with the Mothman. So there's all these, like, things that, theories. that people want to associate him with. And weird events and weird behavior and all that kind of jazz, but we don't know if he's causing that or if he's a warning, you know, it's kind of a, you know, he's, you know, he is a bit of a premonitionist and he's, you know, telling us all the stuff's going to happen. He's kind of, you know, a, a, what they call that, like a, a totem or, a, you know. Oh, you mean like the, the omen. Ouija board? Uh, omen, yeah. thank you. Yes, an omen. Oh, the o oh, it's an omen. Okay. Yeah. So, like, you know, so, you know, so we don't know. We don't know what it is. And then, like, is it a natural creature? Is it something alien? I mean, we don't know anything about the Mothman. That's what makes him fun. That's true. Kind, you know, I just realized kind of that Laura Linney and Richard Gere, that's the second film they teamed up in together because they were also in Primal Fear. Hmm. Good one. Together. Did you guys ever see that, Primal Fear? Yep. I, I think I have. I'm pretty sure I did. That was Edward Norton's first film he ever did. Yeah, it was his big breakout. That was too, his debut, great. Willow. That got him a lot of Oscar buzz too mm -hmm. at the time. Yeah, I was working in a movie theater at the time that that came out, so I saw that a couple times. Mm -hmm. I bought yeah. that on DVD after I watched it on a streaming service. I think it was on demand. I think it was or whatever it was. And I was, I'm thinking to myself, that's that was a solid legal thriller. Man, I like those kind of things. I don't know. I'm just speaking out of turn here, but yeah. But now, yeah, but yeah, well, those old school costumes, yeah, they never lasted. They never, like, no, they, they, it barely lasted a day. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, they always love those. But I didn't wear very many of those because uh, I guess it was 79 when Kiss Meets the Fam of the Park aired on uh, NBC on Halloween night. And so I watched that after trick or treating. And then every year after that, I was a member of Kiss. And then, like, I'd go through all four of them, and then, like, then I'd to go back to rotating. And so, so yeah, for many years, I just was a member of KISS. So I just kind of dropped the other plastic costumes, like, face paint, let's go. Um, hmm. I I remember, like, doing, like, the uh, vampire, or, like, the, um, the zombie bride, the... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I loved Halloween ever since I was a kid, so it was always fun to get dolled up. And, you know, uh, I won a couple contests with hey, uh, uh, doing my own makeup and uh, That's awesome. doing the Did you go to a Comic-Con this weekend? Yes. Yes, I did. You were Winnipeg, uh, I went, you? I went yesterday, yeah. Um, you went as a goth beauty or something? No, the, it, uh, yesterday I went as uh, kind of like a Victorian gothic ish kind of style. What was the name of the show? Um, the name of the Comic-Con? Uh, Winnipeg Comic-Con. 
Yeah. Uh, Bruce Campbell was there as a guest. Hey. John DiMaggio. Nice. Um, we had a lot. Uh, Did you meet Thompson. them? Did you say hi to our friend Bruce? And tell me say hi. Unfortunately, because of how packed it was, it was very hard to get anywhere through the convention. Was it a mosh pit? Was it that bad? Oh my god! It was like back to back to back people. So it was, uh, so it was, it was like a fire crazy. <laughs> they didn't um, plan well enough, did they? They should have given people more space. Well, the thing is, they packed everything in inside the convention uh, hall uh, and kind of left like uh, previous years. Uh, before Winnipeg Comic Con, or like the people from Montreal took over our Comic Con, they would mm -hmm. actually have like uh, the um, uh, different booths outside, uh, like in the hallways area, uh, like having like the photo booths and um, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, group tables, uh, uh, or sorry, club tables, and mm -hmm. uh, basically like your local clubs and uh, vendors out in the hallway area yeah. and then all like the specialty uh, stuff the uh, vendors inside so there was a lot more walking room as opposed to this year where i swear you know what it would be nice if you can actually have uh, like direct traffic uh one way down it uh, down uh, the aisles mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. That's know. unfortunate. Dave says, Willow, that blue dress you wore yesterday was outstanding. Thank you very outstanding. much. Outstanding. So it wasn't just perfect. So, it was outstanding, <laughs> Willow. That's what it was. It there was like, I kept, I kept getting the comment of, it's a nice TARDIS blue. And so... It's, TARDIS. It, TARDIS. I'm sure, I'm sure if I would have uh, met some of the guests, I'm sure I would have gotten like a lot of the Doctor Who stuff. Charles <laughs> says it's the black hole of Winnipeg, apparently. Okay. <laughs> Boy, that's a little rude and inconsiderate to our uh, leader here on the show, uh, Carl. We, okay. Hey, look, we, we've had a lot worse comments about Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> we've had worse comments about I, this part of Canada. I've, I've even mentioned that it's like the armpit of Canada. So. Ooh, ooh, that's some nasty stuff. I don't think I want to hear that well, ever again to, on this show. We're, we're the Passover uh, portion of Canada where people just... like <laughs> Yeah, we're, here's Canada. Here's where we're passing <laughs> over this part of Canada because we're going right over here. Fans do play in Everybody. Winnipeg, but they they don't really stay very long. Dave or, or not Dave, or George, remember what they said in that movie, Madagascar? Smile and wave, boys. Just mm. smile and wave. Most of the tours uh, that they that happen uh, up in Canada is either they stop in Vancouver or Toronto. So yeah, Carl with his comment about the black hole of Canada. Well, he's talking about another location that I don't know if I can pronounce this right. I think it's Calcutta. Black hole of Calcutta, supposedly. Oh, here. Uh, supposedly, you could barely move for all the. I have no idea where your sick, twisted sense of humor comes from, Carl. Maybe you get it from Donna. I don't know. But <laughs> well, I mean, let me explain things here because you talk about the you know costumes we used to wear. You sell oh, yeah. the glow of juice that you put on your face and hands and probably so. Oh, jeez. So, no. so, see, so he arranged himself just for fun. So <laughs> that's what being a child was all about from like the 70s through even part of the 90s. Like they just sold kids whatever, doesn't matter. You know, you know, strap this on, Johnny. Doesn't matter if you're gonna, you know, rip your face off. You look good. I, I mean, like the the original uh, kits were like ex that you could do experiments if you added certain elements to it. 
it, it would explode. So yeah, you guys, I'm surprised how, with some of the toys that you guys had as kids. I'm surprised some of you are still alive. <laughs> I had a, I, I also as a child, I had a jumping phase. Like I would jump off of things. And so, yeah. I'm now we call that parkour. <laughs> well, it, it's not called parkour if, like, you don't like tuck and roll. Yeah, but anyway, I, I learned after jumping off of somebody's deck that was like two stories up and thinking, like, oh, I could do this. And when I, I did tuck and roll of that landing because gravity said that's how it's going to go, but when I landed, it like knocked the wind out of me and scared the crap out of me. So I was like, okay, never again. That was my last jump there, but. Yeah. Carl's yelling at me. He says, geez, learn some history, dude. And then Borealis Aurora, whoever that is, says, it's falling with style. That's what it is. He is a Canadian streamer that I follow. He's one of my good nice. friends. Hey, George, that wasn't flying. That was falling with style. <laughs> By the way, there is a yeah. movie that's about parkour that I actually watched a couple years ago. It was on something called Netflix. It starred Taylor Lautner from that pathetic excuse for a franchise called Twilight. And it also starred someone I'm very fond of. I have a massive amount of respect for this actress. She was on a criminally underrated show called The Hundred on the mm -hmm. CW, based on the book uh, series of the same name. Uh, Marie Marie Abgaropoulos plays the love yeah. interest in that movie. So if you haven't seen Tracers, even though I know it's got Taylor Lautner, I know he's not winning any Academy Awards lately. But when you get a chance, check out Tracers. It's actually a fun action movie. Hmm. Check it out. It's about a group of people who know parkour a little too too much for their own good, and they pull off heists. So okay. check it out. Check it well, out. Well, that sounds like the B thirteen series. There's like a there's a French. Uh, well, like they only did like I think two movies, uh, but yeah, there's uh, kind of like futuristic sort of stuff like that. But yeah, they use a lot of parkour in it before yeah. we knew what parkour was. Yeah. Hmm. So feel free to look it up. It's called Tracers. T R A C E R S with Taylor Lautner and Marie Marie Abdurahmanos. Look it up, George. You might like it. Yeah. Donald says I'm a victim of physics. Yes, yes. yes. I was. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to fly. Okay. I just want to fly. Hey, I, I've tested physics with my own face. It it works. <laughs> it is painful. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, gravity. She be a cruel mistress, but you know. Yeah. Oh well. Yeesh, all these crazy stunts we used to pull when we were kids or adults, whichever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went to, one time, my, my chiropractor like uh, gave me like a full body x ray, just kind of check things out. And he's like, Oh, hey, you know, you like one of your legs is short, or shorter than the other. I was like, Yeah, I probably know why. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was practicing my jumping through a window and trying to fly like Superman George Reeves impression. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I was slightly delusional and a daredevil when I was a Sue me. Good Lord. I know, yeah. I know, and this is something that maybe, uh, for those of you maybe watching, uh, maybe be aware of this, but every lo everyone's local comic shop has been doing this thing this weekend called Halloween Comic Fest, where yep. they pass out free comics to all the kids and the, and the people who come in, and free candy. Who can say no to free stuff? So if you haven't visited your local comic shop yet, feel free to pay them a visit on Monday at Halloween, because they may be running those sales. You never know. Maybe well, able to save well, some money. Uh, I was going to say most comic shops are probably not open on Monday because yeah, that's order day. So oh. well, some are, some are. Maybe not all of them, but yeah. some are. Yeah, there are. You're right, George. I forgot are, about the yeah, whole Monday we're closed for business thing. But some of them may be open. Just check your local listings, as they used to tell us on TVGuide.com. Or just go on Tuesday. They'll probably still have some left over, and you can get some then. So there you go. Mm. 
See, I, I tried to give you a great sales pitch, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Unfortunately, I messed it up. So, <laughs> sorry. I may have ruined Halloween for everybody. It's it's got to be like it. It kind of used to be like we would be open all the time, and it's kind of over the years. It's like okay, Mondays just has break. To, Monday just has to be order day. So and it's not necessarily like ordering for that week. We're ordering for like the next two months, but it's it is a process. That, that's good to know. Like I, I've always wondered about uh, when uh, when stores got their shipping. So it's mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, because like I'm usually on Monday for ordering purposes. Yeah, but yeah, it's always like that's the cycle of order. It's we're always like two months ahead of time, so we get to be a little bit of the future because we kind of know what stuff's coming up. What you know, kind of you know, prognosticate what's going to be a hot book and you know things like that. So you know, usually you can kind of tell just by the creative team or who's publishing it or even what it's about. So, so there you go. But uh, I remember uh, when I was a kid uh, mm -hmm. going into uh, my favorite comic book stores, and mm -hmm. they'd be like, "They they knew me by name as soon as I walked in. They, There's a box right there. Go ahead, sift through it." <laughs> nice. Yeah, interesting. That, that is a lovely thing. If you become a regular at your shop, it's kind of like going to your favorite bar, or going to the barber shop because you know they know you who you are. They know what you like. And, you know, most of the time, if you're kind of a you know, chatty sort of person, then you can kind of hang around and, you know, maybe, you know, speak freely and sometimes get to be inappropriate conversations or even strange oddball conversations. You never know. Yeah. That's, 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 that's an interesting point. Hmm. Come up to Clockwork. You're going to hear some weird stuff. <laughs> I've already heard some weird stuff on your whatnots. Uh, anywho, here's a fun question for the audience. And for those of you here on the panel, if you had to recommend a horror or scary-ish themed comic book or graphic novel, what would you recommend? Mm. I mean, George, it's going to take that, him like 20 minutes to think of an answer. That's more like, yeah, comic that, that sounds like something George can answer. But um, Willow can't? Are you saying I mean, you're like, quitting? I, Are you a quitter? You're not going to chime in? I, the the go-to would probably be The Walking Dead. Uh, mm -hmm. That's fair. Series. That's fair. That's fair. What uh, do you think, George? What's What's been popping that's really hot at the comic shop these days? Well, uh, uh, funny that you should mention Walking Dead, Willow, uh, because uh, Charlie Adler has a new book out, and this is his first one since Walking Dead ended. It's called Damn Them All, and mm -hmm. it is uh, it is a horror book, but it's more of like uh, magic users and stuff. has very much a, uh, a Constantine kind of feel to it because it takes place in London, so all the characters are British, and a lot of slang is being used in there. So it has very much a Constantine kind of feel, but it's definitely magic users, Possession, demons, kind of stuff like that, but it has a couple of fun twists in it. Okay, uh, but that's that's a huge book this week right now, uh, coming out of uh, Boom Entertainment, and Boom has been killing it recently. Uh, they've got like about six or eight hit books out right now, so <laughs> yeah, they're doing awesome for an indie publisher. But for me, uh, favorite uh, horror books, uh, I loved the Nailbiter series. If you love your like gory serial killer kind of stuff. Uh, this was awesome. Uh, this came out of Image. Uh, Josh Williamson was the uh, brainchild behind this one here, but it was kind of a um, uh, this particular town in Ohio uh, called uh, gosh, what was it? Buckaroo. Hmm. Uh, somehow produced 16 of the world's most infamous serial killers. And so it's like, why is this particular town producing all these people? And so there's a lot of like traditional kind of serial killer kind of stuff like that. There's a lot of conspiracy kind of x filesy stuff kind of stuff, uh, but very cool stuff. And then they did a sequel because uh, I think it's like the original Nailbiter is like eight volumes of trades, like eight or nine, I think. And then 
they did a nail biter returns, which was, I think like an eight issue uh, sequel series, but okay. yeah, that's a lot of fun. Got a lot of humor in there too, but it's like all the different serial killers and kind of like, you know, they have very crazy gimmicks about them or whatever else. Like there's, there's definitely one that's like a clown kind of guy, but you know, it's, it's, he's different than John Wayne Gacy and, um, there's one I love. She, uh, they call her the blonde and she was this basically like statuesque Pam Anderson looking sort of thing like that. And so that's how she would lure men because she'd pick them up at bars, take them home and then murder time. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. Sounds like something so, that to Henstridge from that little indie film franchise called species would do. Yeah. It, well, it's without the alien parts. I was going to say, speaking of horror movies, species, everybody check it out with Natasha Henstridge. Cause if you don't know who she is, when you watch Species, you'll know what I'm talking about. But that being uh, said, Dave Manley chimes in. He says yeah. the Immortal Hulk is a good, good uh, storyline. Yes. Don't ruin it yeah. for me. I haven't read it yet. Don't ruin <laughs> it for me. Don't ruin it for me. Dude, talk about if I ever would have said, you know, thought, you know, going back a few years ago that I'm going to be a regular Hulk reader, but during this series, then I'd be like, really? But yeah. The Immortal Hulk is turning basically the Hulk story into a psychological horror sort of thing uh, where you really delve into like the different psychological aspects of the Hulk because it's more than just Banner and the green guy in there. Oh. Uh, but it's a 50-issue series uh, that uh, Al Ewing lot. wrote, um, and it is amazing. Does it come so, in an omnibus? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if it's an omnibus form. It's definitely in trades. Uh, but uh, I, it may if if it's not omnibus yet, it's probably coming soon. But yeah, that was critically acclaimed. Fans loved it too. Uh, Donnie Cates has started a new Hulk series. It's a little different. They kind of kick off a little bit from there. But yeah, Immortal Hulk is like no other Hulk series that's ever been out before. Well, Dave's going to take that card and raise you with the Legion of Monsters. He says that's fun. Yep, yep, good stuff. Hmm. And then Borealis yep. Aurora, our good friend in Canada, says the only graphic novel I've read is Walking Dead, but man, honestly, though, the Marvel Zombie series was fun back in the day. Oh, yeah. And interestingly enough, also done by Robert Kirkman. Hey, Walking Dead, get out of here. Anyway, he also, Dave Madden <laughs> says Crypt of Shadows. Yep. Uh, Crypt of Shadows is one of those old school uh, Marvel, basically, it was Marvel kind of doing their best, you know, Vault of Fear, you know, Tales from the Crypt sort of thing like that. Whereas an anthology horror series, but they've uh, recently brought the Crypt of Shadows thing back uh, just for a one shot for this Halloween season where you feature characters like uh, Moon Knight, Morbius, uh, Elsa Bloodstone. Uh, they're all featured in like little, you know, mini anthology stories here. It's a big one shot. I think it's like eight bucks or something like that. So a lot of fun to pick up. Really? Wow. Yeah. I'm going to have to write these ones. Uh, yeah, this one and the other. 50,000. <laughs> right now. Don't the comics industry as a whole this year did great for Halloween. I mean, there's like, it doesn't matter if you want to go Marvel, DC, Independence. There are all kinds of fun, spooky Ooh, comics out there right now of whatever flavor you like. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's Baskin Robbins. There's 31 flavors for everybody. 31 spooky flavors, but yes. <laughs> yeah. See George recover to see when I drop that line on him. I will say, I'm going to sound like a broken record. I mentioned this on maybe this show or Comic Books New Class, which is hosted by Crayley and I. If you haven't checked out that show, make sure you do because it's a lot of fun. Hashtag always promote your stuff, ladies and gentlemen. But this is something called, if you're looking for a coming-of-age, good vampire werewolf story with monsters and other uh, creatures done right, check out LoneWolfComics.com and check out his series Nightwolf, written by Rob Molteri of LoneWolfComics.com. 
Mm -hmm. He's been on an episode of Comics A New Class alongside Mog Park, who did some of the artistry for, uh, what was it, Snowpaw, as well as some of Nightwolf. Check out the website. Check out the graphic novel. First four issues are in trade paperback form, but you can also get them as single issues, so I would put you fancy. But look up LoneWolfComics.com. Rob Terry, your storyline is awesome. I wish you nothing but great success with Nightwolf and Snowpaw moving forward. And anything else you got cooking up in that brain of yours, man. So check out LoneWolfComics.com. Willow, you might want to write this one down. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, check it out. And George, if you're into vampires and werewolves, you should look it up too. I think you might like it. But yeah, we've talked about it before. So yeah, I, I need to look it up still, but I have mm -hmm. not because it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've, since working in a shop, I've kind of gotten lazy. It's so like, oh, if it's not in the shop, like, oh, I guess I can order. But yeah, I know like some of the other stuff we have to like get on the internet and order things that way. So yeah, well, as a reminder, because that's what friends do, we remind each other we I'll send you some messages in, in Messenger and you'll be fine. There you go. Thank you. Hey, as reminders. Hey, George, uh, how long have you been working at the comic shop? Too long. Um, too long. No, actually, I've only been there uh, working since uh, April. So Okay. Oh. Do they still do uh, signings uh, for comic book artists and stuff like that? If, if the store the books shop? them, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. usually it's kind of like, you know, somebody has to know somebody. So, like, we've had... Uh, uh, fantasy uh legend uh larry elmore on before uh like for a free comic book day so he came in of course like if you know dungeons and dragons especially from the 1980s you know larry's art i mean he's all over fantasy and just gorgeous you know stuff like that you know so i mean so yeah or, and basically any he did like a little bit of sci-fi stuff but really like fantasy is his thing so you know there's all kinds of covers of like D, &D books and novels and whatever else it just has his art all over the place so uh so he's kind of uh, during a free comic day he's coming and then a signing but it's because the owner knows him personally uh but other than that it's just it kind of depends uh, a lot of times like if you're in a bigger city if you're in your la if you're in new york it's easier because a lot of artists live in those cities yeah you know it, i mean now those days you know day and age everybody's kind of spread out all over the world but they do kind of congregate in some of the larger cities. So if you're in a, you know, Chicago, a Philly, something like that, you may have a little more access to stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you guys don't get like the big stars and uh, just coming in and Not promoting yet. their stuff. I mean, and... was, you know, there's a couple other guys we know, uh, like John Boy Myers is a big, uh, he mostly does cover art right now, but he's done a lot of DC and Marvel and some independent stuff too, but he's a very hot artist right now. Uh, he's a friend of the shop as well, but he lives in California. So, you know, if he ever comes to Louisville, then sure. But if he's <laughs> not coming to Louisville, then yeah, he's not going to make a trip just for us probably. <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, I mean, it would be kind of a thing. Like we would literally have to like book them, uh, to come to do the signing or whatever else. So okay, yeah, I've always wondered about that, like how that it, how that works, and uh, yeah, like, it's, it's usually like it's 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 a matter of booking. Uh, it's a matter of just getting to know somebody or if you know them personally. So there, you, you know. So yeah. Okay. Well, the gentleman who runs your whatnots, uh, we want the punk. You know, the guy who brings the punk. Uh, what's yeah, his name? Clinton, yeah, Clinton seems like a really nice dude. Someone Love I can Clinton. like probably hang out with and just shoot the breeze at some yep. point or another. So if I'm ever in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, um, I'm going to have to visit you guys out there and maybe buy some comics while I'm at it. Please do. Yeah. Yeah. Clint, Clint's a mensch. We, uh, we, we won't. Yeah. yeah. He's always playing that song in his background when he's doing the whatnots. Yeah. Well, it's, it, uh, it's, it's funny because like we, there's two sets of music that's usually heard in the store because Clinton's playing music during his auctions, <laughs> but then the front of the shop, 
we got other music there. So it's kind of like you're fighting back and forth. But like Tommy, the owner, like he's usually listening to like 90s hip hop or rap or something like that, or kind of like, you know, 90s, you know, grunge alternative kind of stuff like that. Uh, Clinton brings in a lot of soul and funk or whatever else. And then like, I'll either pick like, you know, if I got control of the music that I'm doing, like either like 80s metal or some like weird, obscure old stuff or whatever else, or I'm just listening to what Clinton's listening to. So we want the funk. Anyway, Clinton, what's up, man? Hope to see you. Because then when I hear his voice, I'm like, dude, I wish you could like (laughs) see your face once in a while. Yeah. How close uh, how close is it uh, to comic book men for your life right now? Like is working at a comic book store similar to we that? we get some folks to come in uh to of course we we openly you know, advertise that we buy comic books and you know if you got stuff to sell, come on down. Um we get some people that come in and we bring they bring some absolute gold with them sometimes. Sometimes they know what they have, sometimes they don't. Uh, we're very happy to give them an education of what they have before they want to sell it to us. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least we're honest about that. Uh, but uh, it, yeah, yeah, I mean, we're, we're trying to be cool about it. You know, there's plenty of places that aren't, but you know, we want to be cool. You're the uh, nice people of the neighborhood. That's what we like about you, George. You're such a <laughs> nice guy. It's why we keep inviting you back to these shows. I mean, it's it's good return business, you know, but. Uh, uh, but yeah, like I said, we'll we'll get some folks kind of to come in, and then there's other times we'll get somebody comes in and like, oh man, I got this, you know, Superman seventy five, death of Superman here. But like, you know, they printed like two hundred thousand copies of this thing, right, man? It's like, you know, it's like we got like four of them over here in our dollar bins, or we got like three more that are sealed over here. It's still in the black bags, so we got those. And oh, you know, they got like a thirtieth anniversary of that coming out too. So you can pay four bucks for it again, you know. So yeah, I was like. Sorry, man. Yeah, you know, it's it's so we get we get people that get under the misconception they have something worth because it's a number one or it's a significant event, but they don't look into the fact of like, you know, okay. is this a rare book? That's yeah. number one. Like, if there's like you know not many copies of it left, it's going to be you know pricey. Uh, it's age. You know, anything from the 30s to the 50s doesn't matter if it's like covers missing, mouse eaten, you know, mothball eaten, whatever else. It's still going to be worth money. Because it's golden age, because yeah. so little of that stuff around. Um, but yeah, once you start getting in the eighties and the nineties, there's a lot of garbage out there. A lot of stuff. Uh-huh. It's basically, and, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of garbage. There's a lot of like good stuff, but it's not you know key books or anything like that. How's how you so, really feel? No, I'm kidding. Well, no, there's just a lot of dollar bin filler. I mean, any comic shop can tell you. I mean, like you know, eighties Superman. Uh, you know, a lot of you know. Some of you know, some of the you know, late eighties Avengers and you know, a lot of your big prime books, like they would have their high points, you know, like you know, Spider-Man had a high point in the nineties with the McFarlane stuff and introducing Venom and all that kind of jazz. But then he also had a lot of other stuff. It's like, okay, some you know, the clone saga. You yeah. know, that's that's a rough period for Spidey there. <laughs> clone saga. Well, you know, not to put this uh make this a spotlight show about George, apparently. <laughs> But I noticed yeah. you guys, you guys carry slabs too, right? We do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah we have, you know, graded comics. Uh, they're in the slab. We've got, you know, the raw, you know, some raw books as well that are kind of the higher price stuff. And um, another thing that's kind of cool too is we have art. Um, you know, most shop, shops have posters and other stuff on the walls, but we actually have framed art on the walls and it's all for sale. Hmm. And it oh. even comes with the frame. 
And are you licensed to grade comics as well? Or no, you that's, no, that's okay. only CGC and CDC are the only companies who do that. We, um, the we do cards. you can basically, you know, what we do is we can press and clean a book for you to kind of prepare it to get shipped off or kind of, you know, instruct you how to ship it to CDC. But really it's kind of most of the thing you kind of really want to just do it yourself or if there's some shops that do do it for you, but it is a long process. Like we tell people Dude. on the, on the short end, nine months. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm still waiting for, for my graded comic. I got a friend of mine got me a terrific con in Connecticut. It's issue number one from Paul Kupperberg's run on Supergirl in the eighties before crisis. Ooh. And Ooh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> I'm very much looking forward to getting it when it yeah. gets here, but the wait is so long. It's like, dude, by the time it gets here, I'll be 150, but whatever, you know, Hey, listen, good things come to those who wait. And when it does get here, I'll be happy because in the meantime, George, I do have that Supergirl run in trade paperback form volumes one and two. Nice. So I'm covered. I'm still yeah. going to read it, which I've read volume one. I haven't read volume two yet, Paul. I'm sorry. But when I get to part two, or volume two, I should say, this storyline, the first 12 issues of Super, the Daring New Adventures of Supergirl from 19, I want to say it's 82, 83, 83? 83. Later. 82, 83. Yeah. But <clears throat> no, there'll be later than It was pre-crisis. Was... It was before Crisis on Infinite Earths came out. Oh, oh yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, it's 82, 83. So when I read the first volume, George, I was amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible writing, incredible artistry by. Paul Kupperberg, Carmine Infantino, Bob Osner. I mean, this is like sharp artwork. It really is. And the writing's great, too. I'm not taking anything away from Paul Kupperberg. Plus, I've had him on my show, too, so that's nice. What's up, Paul? CrazyOpress.com. Cool. Check him out. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to getting my graded comic, George, but the waiting is so long. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the, the backlog is long because it basically there are, there are, you know, great – Getting your comics graded right now is a very popular thing for comic uh, collectors. Um, the backlog is very large because essentially there are two companies. And for a while, it was kind of like, who do you like better, CDC or CGC? And then, like, you know, CGC kind of won the popularity contest for a while, but then now people are having problems because of CGC taking so long because everybody's using them. So now the tables are kind of, the scales are flipping back over the other side. But it's kind of just like, there's two companies, folks, and they're taking care of the entire country. So that's crazy. Simmer down. It's a process. And if you want to keep reading your comics, buy two issues. Get one for yourself and then one to get graded. As Jody McPhee has told us several times on his YouTube channel from the desk of a small press publisher, hashtag always be promoting your friends. If you don't know who Jody McPhee is, check him out. He's a great guy. Does a show every weekend, Saturday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern. I think it's Eastern or Central. 9 p.m. Central Time, so that makes it 10 p.m. Eastern, I think, there, Joe. From the desk of a small press publisher, look him up because he is so good about giving advice to people who are collecting comics for the first time or people who have been doing it for a while, but they still, you know, need some reminders, maybe need some notes there. And there's nothing, listen, there's nothing wrong with education, folks. You mm -hmm. learn something new every day, and if you learn something but you may have forgotten about it, it never hurts to remind yourself of these things because that's what we as a community of nerds should be doing which is learning from each other. You know what I mean, George? Supporting one another, not bashing right. each other over the head with hammers. Uh, figuratively, not literally, by the way. So it's about you know, unity. Yeah, it's about <laughs> unity, folks. Look it up. It's on the interwebs. You know what, Willow? We've gone an hour and 15 minutes. And yeah. I think we've covered all the Halloween bases that we could possibly <laughs> well, cover. 
including the, the fact that Carl and Donna don't like me anymore. But other than that, I think we've done pretty hey. well tonight, Willow. This has been a fun show. I, I'm sure Donna and Carl do love you in their own way. Uh, one, Very true. one last question. Are you guys dressing up tomorrow to hand out candy? Heck no. I just did oh, it yeah. yesterday and the day before. I'm tapped out, <laughs> man. I'm done. You're you know closing I mean? off the lights tomorrow? and eating the candy yourself? Well, my parents uh, are going to be eating the candy. I'm just going to be sitting here watching movies. You know what I am going to do tomorrow, Willow? I'm going to watch Night... What is it called? Uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. That's and I'm also going to watch Freddy versus Jason. For the first time ever, <laughs> I'm going to watch both films back to back because I'm finishing up my Nightmare on Elm Street binge-a-thon there, George. So I got two films left in this box set that I have on Divida. That's right, folks, Divida. And once I watch those two films, I would have completed my Nightmare on Elm Street binge-a-thon. And let me tell you, number one in the rankings is still the original from 84, 100%. Nothing is going to touch that. If I had to rank them as a one, two, and three deal, I would rank the original at number one. Dream, what's it called? Dream, uh, we have the Dream Warriors at number two. Warriors, yep. Which is Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Dream Warriors. And then mm -hmm. probably right after that would be the Dream Master, Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Your, your list may change after you see New Nightmare. Uh, in my opinion, it's the best sequel in the series. Okay, I, I'm watching it tomorrow. I'm watching these. So to celebrate Halloween, Willow, that is what I'm doing. Watching okay. two, two Nightmare on Elm Street movies just for uh, you viewers at home. Freddy versus Jason is fun, but uh, its biggest problem is that it's a movie that horror fans had waited decades for, and so there was no way it was going to meet expectations. So mm -hmm. whatever expectations you have going into this movie, some may be met, some may not may be met. Gotcha. Um, yeah. yeah. Kind of like Duke so. Nukem Forever. It took forever for them to make it, and yeah. <laughs> That's a name, Willow, that I have not heard in a long time. <laughs> A long time. Oh, <laughs> Duke. Mm. So, um, you know, you're going to buy candy, then you're going to hand it out to the kids. And what are you doing tomorrow, George? You're going to be handing out candy to the kids, too, right? You and the missus? Well, um, I believe the missus will be handing out candy. Uh, I've been instructed to wear my costume and sit, you know, quietly in, the in a chair and, you know, maybe not move or try to scare people or whatever else they're going to maybe think I'm like not real. And then I start moving and I am, you know, so, you know, th there'll be a lot of trickery, I believe uh, with me uh, in the costumes. So we're going to have a little bit of fun with that. Cause I was going to say, it sounds like the missus is going to put you in a corner and no one puts George Bueller in a corner. <laughs> oh, but I'm wearing a scary mask. I'm going to be in the corner because you know, I'm going to be terrifying. Oh, you, you need to record a couple of those you know, jump scares. <laughs> oh man. You need to take your camera phone, George, get, take some footage for us. Will you? Yeah, yeah, that may have to happen. So, well, some good stuff. But, uh, uh, a couple of uh, movie recommendations. Um, sure. If you're uh, theater inclined, uh, mm. highly, highly, highly recommend checking out Smile. That movie yeah. is creepy as all get out. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, uh, the, the uh, very talented progeny of uh, Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick. Uh, Sosie uh, Bacon, I believe that's how you pronounce her name. Sosie. Uh, her performance is outstanding. In the movie, like, oh, she's the lead actress in Smile. Yeah, like no I didn't realize, she doesn't look. When you kind of see it, like okay, I see kind of like a little bit of a blend of both Kevin and Kira. But okay. yeah, like when her name came up in the credits, like oh, I wonder if she's in any relation. Like oh my god, she's Kevin and Kira's daughter. Yeah, but yeah, her her. I mean, she's been in like movies and a lot of TV show stuff before, but this is her first kind of like lead role. Really? And man, she kills it. Wow. Okay. 
So great performance there. So very she she knows how to play terror really well. It makes it yeah, look I saw the trailer for it. It looked really good. I just haven't seen it. Yeah, very atmospheric, creepy kind of movie. Uh, I have if you uh, have like one of those the theaters that has like really good sound uh, in it. Uh, you know, I, I recommend there because they do a lot of playing with sound in the movie as well. So yeah, so it's it's a good creeper. And um, the the new Halloween movie is uh, controversial to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some stuff I enjoyed about it. There's some stuff I was a little bit puzzled about it that came so late in the series, but um, it's interesting to say the least. Okay. So it, it, uh, it can't get any worse than the Rob Zombie movies. I'll say that much. So, uh, but, uh, I'll but, watch them just because they're slasher horror movies. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of, unfortunately for Mr. Zombie, I kind of skip his uh, two entries, but uh, I, I do celebrate the rest of the series though. The only time I give two minutes of attention to that dude is because he did the entrance theme song at, at certain points for pro wrestlers. At, at this point, he did it for Edge. Never going to stop. I yep. do have a little bit, of, little bit of respect for Zombie because of that song. It's classic. Um, Devil's Rejects, I think, is his finest film. Uh, hands down. Okay. I mean, he's, he's, had, yeah. he's had several. and Some are good. Some are not so good. He's a weird uh, but- dude. If if you want to talk like his, his, the hands down his finest film Devil's Rejects. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wow, George, with the recommendations on that note, George, where the, can the person watching or listening to this find you on social media and everything you have coming up, George? Well, let's see. Uh, I uh, host a fanatic forum that's live on Friday nights at seven o'clock Eastern. Uh, right. You can find me on YouTube, on Facebook, uh, or if you don't want to watch uh, my beautiful face, uh, you can listen to me on anywhere you can listen to audio podcasts. Because that's where you'd find all of the Back of the Cereal Box network shows on Audible, Google, uh, you know, Apple, Spotify, all of us. So and anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us out there. I'm so proud of you, George. That was great. <laughs> Willow, just out of curiosity, the person watching or listening to this, where can they find you online and everything you have coming up that's spooky, oh. kooky, and ooky? Pretty much everywhere on social media. Uh, I am on TikTok. Uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I do a lot of posting on Instagram and on uh, now on TikTok as well. But yeah, most of my work you'll find uh, either between Instagram and Facebook. Um, I do have some stuff up on YouTube as well, uh, including this show. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm everywhere on social media. Boy, watch, watch, watch Cryptid Crunch. Yes. Yeah. Uh, next week, Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that doesn't sound creepy at all, does it? No, of course not. <laughs> well, on that healthy note, my name's Ryan. You can find me on at It's Nerd Culture on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I uh, run the channel over there. I do my own stuff. It's Sandbox, and I get to play in it, and it's fun. So I do a show called Anti Quotes on Saturdays, 12 p.m. EST. Uh, this young man over here who's uh, – uh, where is he? There he is, right there. George Bueller is going to be our guest on uh, Saturday, November the 5th at 12 p.m. EST. And let me tell you something. You thought mm-hmm. the hot seat was hot last week? This week's hot seat with George Bueller is going to be uh, fun in the sun. And where can I get these fine new items? Well, that's the gag. Chances are you bought them already. So with that, <laughs> with that I also do a show on yeah. the new class with Fraley and myself. It's once a month. We talk about comics, comics, comics. We educate new readers and maybe even get some tips to some veterans out there. So join us. It's once a month. 
past episodes, like George said, they're all on Anchor, Google, Spotify, all those streaming apps that stream podcasts. Check it, check it, check it, check it out. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And we hope you enjoyed this special edition of Back in the Cereal Box After Dark with three knuckleheads named Ryan, George, and Willow. And in the meantime, enjoy this. Like, comment, share, subscribe, smash that little thing. Notice a note. You guys can uh, find yeah. us on. Sorry, I apologize for cutting me off when I'm doing the greatest sales <laughs> in the history of sales pitches, Willow. Uh, what I was Shush, about Ryan. to say was <laughs> notification bell so you can notify when our new videos go up online. Yes, Willow. What does this sign say? It says thank you. What? These are our supporters on buymeacoffee.com. You can find us at uh, buymeacoffee.com slash cereal bucks pod. Uh, if you, if you want to support us, please do. There's a nice little space there that we can add your name to. Um, Cindy Cap is one of our big supporters, Dave Mattingly, Crystal, uh, Crystal Raven Jones, Eli Cash, Dave Mattingly, uh, Brian Huff, and Therese Collins. We are, oh, Matting, Dave, Matt, oh my God, I can't say that name. Megan Nelly. I apologize. So, yes, thank you guys for all your support for the show. You guys are super amazing people. I also have to remember to do a shout out to the Murdering Crows who do our theme song. Yeah. Make sure you, that you guys support them as well, uh, DL Memphis and uh, uh, the lovely uh, her lovely husband. My brain is not working right now, but uh, these people again? the Geek Gumshoe is uh, part of our network. So, yeah, and of course, if you're in the Nashville area, for you know the uh, Murdering Crows are playing a lot of shows uh, recently too. And they, you know, they, I'm not sure if they had some shows this weekend or if they have shows tomorrow for Halloween. But yeah, so. If you're in the area there, go check out some good music. Absolutely. That is so true. This has been fun, fellas. It really has. I hope you've had fun watching or listening to us blabber on about Halloween <laughs> and whatever else is on our minds. Why do we like comic books? Well, we're because we're nerds. So yes. get used to it. Yeah, we rock this world. We run it. So in case we don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Manamana. You guys have a good night. Take care, y'all. Live long and prosper. Bye. <laughs>